0: Welcome to the Make It A Great Day movement. You are in the right place. Yes, this is the suicide prevention show. We're making suicide a thing of the past. We're doing that by talking about it, by making it safe to do something about it, to take and have a different conversation around it. So thank you for being here and help me welcome our next speaker, our guest on this episode of the Suicide Prevention Show is none other than Patty Schmook. And we're going to be having a conversation that not many people are willing to have. And because of that, I am super, super grateful because I could not have a conversation without Patty to have it with. Patty, I believe you have the power to come out of the green room and up into the studio. So will you just test that theory by unmuting yourself and turning on your camera? And I think I can unmute you, but I know I cannot. So Patty, are you there? There you are, I see you coming in. It's an amazing thing with live TV in there. Oh. <laughs> I, think, I think we're okay. I think we're okay, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate being here. Super happy to have you. Yeah, yeah, me too. So we got connected recently, and through a mutual friend, who said you two need to know each other.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah, it was great, and we had a great conversation on uh, on on the telephone. We started on Messenger,
0: and then onto the televent onto the telephone. So that was great. It really was, and I'm super happy to have gotten to know you. You come into this whole conversation from a very different perspective. So would you share your journey with all of us? What is it that made you willing to become part of the Make It a Great Day movement and come on something called the Suicide Prevention Show? You can start however far back you want.
1: Yeah, Wow. Well, we'll start February 12th of 2012 when my son took his life at 20 years old. And then I spent six years isolated, in deep grief, ready to do the same. And realized that that was not something I wanted to do to my friends and family. And I needed to find a way to, uh, to improve things for myself. And I started on a path of, of researching uh, personal development. And that, that took me on to a whole long journey and um, to become a life coach to, and I was just watching your advocacy, your advocates uh, a moment ago, and I love the message that they have because it's very much the message that I am trying to promote, which is helping parents so that they can then help their children. hmm Because I say all the time that I knew I should talk to my son about sex and drugs and alcohol, just like what you just got done saying. I did not know I should talk to him about his mental health. So that was something that was very uh, apparent to me, unfortunately, too late. And so for me, my message with suicide prevention is my my concern is that when we keep mental illness or keep suicide prevention in the, the mental illness umbrella, uh-huh. my fear is that people don't pay attention because they don't think it applies to them. But I absolutely believe that suicide prevention is something that we all have to consider because also something else that you just said that resonated with me very strongly was that... Um, we all have something that we need to talk to about with someone. Mm. And often I think that we think we can do it ourselves and we don't need anyone else. And that is so not true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was polite, Patty. Well, I'm just saying, because if we could do it ourselves, we would.
0: There you go. If we could do it ourselves, we would.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, you know, and that's why I go suicide, because not everyone who has a mental illness dies by suicide. Mm-hmm. And I believe that not everyone that dies by suicide has a mental illness. Yes, there's an argument for depression, of course, but I think there's also situations that come about and... Unpredictably so. I think
0: it's an important conversation to address the two pieces, the mental health umbrella, the mental illness uh, component of mental health. Because you can't have health without illness. You wouldn't need one without the other. So they both exist. And that's a big conversation. It's also a huge organization. Mm-hmm. When you're right about suicide and suicide prevention, not even being a kiosk in the mall. Yeah. <laughs> Something so-
1: sounds familiar about that. <laughs>
0: Gee, I can't imagine where I heard that from. I'm going I to can't imagine. Do. It just seemed like the right time to say it, Patty. Yeah,
1: I love it. I love yeah.
0: it. <laughs> so this is Patty's way of explaining to me how we could possibly have a conversation about suicide and mental health and tease it out because yeah. I had avoided it. Patty I avoided I just like you know when I say these are the seven risk suicide risk indicators outside of a mental health issue yeah because that I am not qualified to speak in terms of mental illness. I can speak only in terms of my own challenges with clinical depression. I can speak in terms of my own journey to find mental health. But when it comes to talking about at-risk factors for suicide, it's a conversation that's over here, especially if we're talking prevention. Right. There's help if you know you've got a challenge with your mental health, or you have been diagnosed with a mental illness, which are two different things in my world. Mm -hmm. There's help there, Yeah. but what if you're normal? Yeah. What if you're happy? What if you're just off? What if someone around you is normal and happy and just off? Mm -hmm. The first thing I hear from people is, well, I didn't want to talk to someone meaning they didn't want to go into the mental health world. Right. We call that part of the whole medical mess in my family because it's a big mystery to us. So the willingness to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the things you've done, the steps you've taken. Where is this going for you to get this conversation and instead of it just being a kiosk in the mall? <laughs> what,
1: yeah.
0: are you all, what are you doing? What are you up to?
1: Well, um, I am actually working with three other people right now to create a book on how to talk to your kids about suicide, Ooh. because I think, you know, we, we think it's important. And um, I, I made this comment about knowing I talked to my child about sex and drugs and alcohol. And I was talking to a friend of mine about this. And she came back to me a few weeks and she said, weeks later and said, someone else just said the same thing to me. We've all got to get together. So we've just had our first meeting and and we're working on creating a plan. I don't know what that's going to look like right now, but that's quite all right. Um, I created a life coaching business for myself to coach people because coaching is very much what you're teaching your advocates, but it's it's a safe place to come and talk, but also to create results. Mm -hmm. And... I thoroughly believe that when you have, and this is something I've only recently learned in the last couple of years is when you have very deep love for yourself and very deep trust for yourself, that just exudes. You don't even have to try. It just exudes into the web around you. You know what I mean? And so people pick up on that just by being energy, just being, so we're not born knowing these things and we're not, often taught these things so we have to learn them somewhere and coaching for me has been very very powerful
0: for that what's the difference in your world now that you've embraced coaching for yourself and for others because what was your career before i had a few (laughs) okay there we go all right
1: I, i i have a degree in culinary arts and i learned uh customer service from the best company in the world to learn it from i work for walt disney world so I was a chef down in Florida, and in, since I've been back in New Hampshire, uh, I've, I've worked with special ed in the school system, special ed kids. Um, I've been a bartender. I've been a waitress. I've worked for the U.S. Postal Service, and I've been a manager for Lowe's Home Improvement. So, you know, I've done a lot, but I think everything that I've done has led me to this path, um, just knowing how to work with people and support people and be the person that people can come to and talk to whenever they need to. And so what's changed for me now, and I, and I learned about coaching, I thought it was kind of a fluffy thing as, oh, life coaching, who needs, to? that's ridiculous. I heard it years ago, but there was a seed that was planted because there was something in my head that thought, okay, you know, maybe, but we're just going to tuck it back there and not really pay much attention. And when I got into personal development, one of the things I kept hearing was get a coach, get a mentor, get a coach, get a mentor. It's the fastest way to to have breakthroughs and transformations. And I had gone the therapy route, and it was harder for me to – it was harder work than I wanted to do. And what I mean by harder work is I felt like I had to show up every time with something to talk about, and I wound up just talking about the same thing over and over and over and over, and I didn't feel like I was getting any breakthroughs or transformations. So I – took the advice of a a book I was reading to learn about meditation, group meditation if you've never done it. Went to group meditation, and the very first meditation, I heard two words very clearly, he's okay. And when I heard those words, I cried, which I'm gonna do now, but it was my permission to move forward. And then I hired that woman as a coach and she helped me to get through some things that I needed to get through. And I've been, I have, I've had a coach ever since because I believe that every good coach has a coach because we don't see our blind spots. That's something your advocates just said a minute ago, we don't see our own blind spots and we don't, we need someone to point them out to us.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We need to know that the thoughts that we're thinking, we think they're circumstances, but they're not, they're really thoughts. And they can be changed if we choose. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, it's all about choice. It's yeah. all about choice in our world. It's all about choice in your world. And oh. the conversation that the conversation that we avoid is the one that truly matters. Mm. And that's become my you know, this is what I want to just smack people upside the head with. So, <laughs> subtle, Jackie, very subtle. I'm subtle. Yeah, I'm subtle. <laughs> so, the, the group that you all are forming and the work that you all are doing, Patty, if someone wanted to follow this movement that you're doing, where would they actually, you, you answer this, I'm going to go hunt for something. Where would they find out about it?
1: Right now, they're not going to find out about it anywhere because literally we're just getting it off the ground. We've just had our first meeting. Um, I started out my coaching business expecting to work with parents of suicide loss to help them through their grief, but it never really set quite right with me. Of course, I'll talk to people in grief, but what's always been my driving force has been suicide prevention. And when I delved more and more into the coaching business and in the coaching world, I realized that that's the key is to work with adults so that they can t- then teach their children these skills.
0: So really getting ahead of that curve.
1: Yes. It's pre-prevention <laughs> because so many of the, of the, I say the dot orgs, um, they, they, they train people to, to, recognize people at risk, which is very, very important, but I think it also starts in the cradle, and I think prevention starts when children are very young,
0: and we can't teach what we don't know. Exactly. That was the path out for me when Mm. I was shooting on myself, Mm. and and saying I should have known. I should have seen it. I should have had the conversation when I first thought of it, and then there's all of the other shoulds because it's, you know, the, 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 the education system should, the other adults involved should. They, you know, I mean, the, it was pretty stinky. <laughs> you know, we were shooting all over ourselves. And that path out is recognizing that we cannot teach what we do not know. Right, right. Yeah, getting stuck in our butts
1: and shooting all over ourselves does not help. It doesn't serve us
0: at all so you created something that i want to give everyone access to right now you created the seven tips for living in the now yeah and so the access point is there when you get the seven tips they're going to end up being able to have a conversation with you they're going to end up not not a one-on-one coaching conversation but they'll be part of your newsletter they'll be part of getting information Correct. from you so if you're interested in what Patty's creating, this is how you get in the know. Now, the other place you can get in the know is by joining the VIP lounge, the, the very inspirational people. Because Patty, you're a very inspiring person. Thank you, thank you. I try. <laughs> the journey from where you started as you know, a parent that was blindsided,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and most of us are, is what I've learned, you know, our kids are okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're normal. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're not right. And it's, it's, it's something that you've taken and you've accepted and moved into this space with the help of coaches and you became one. Right. That's like the greatest gift to the world. Yeah. Because yeah. you have a perspective on, what it takes to move forward because we're all grieving something yeah
1: Yeah. absolutely absolutely and nobody can fix your grief and so when i look at you know working with people in grief and i do i have a a grief support group that i that i have and when i talk about supporting people in grief you can't no one can fix your grief Mm. but here's the thing that so many of us never ever ever learn is processing emotion. And processing sounds very scientific, but it's really allowing the emotion to be in your body, recognizing it and allowing it to flow through. Mm-hmm. And so much of what I talk about is resistance. We resist allowing those feelings to flow through us mm-hmm. because we don't wanna feel the pain. And at the end of the day, we're suppressing and repressing the, that pain and it comes out in so many other ways.
0: Yeah. I called it playing emotional whack-a-mole. Yeah. You know, I could handle my physical symptoms and then I'd have a relationship symptom and I'd handle my relationship symptom and then I'd have a money symptom and I'd handle them. Yeah. I never got ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was always exhausted. And see,
1: that's what coaching does is it helps you with that. Yeah. At least that's what it's done for me. And I mean, before I even got in there, it was a matter of accepting that my son had died and there was nothing I could do about it. It was past. Mm. It was releasing my guilt and shame and understanding that it didn't need to be there. And accepting that I had a relationship with my son that continued even though he's gone and i feel his energy
0: with me all the time getting to a place where you could give yourself permission to have that experience patty mm-hmm. is the journey that you shared with us that took you into where what you're doing now on the path that you took inspired by a book inspired by guided meditate meditation mm-hmm. yeah the, these are the tools that if we could talk about them a little more mm-hmm. about what else, because all of these things that work for one person can work for someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's why having guides, having coaches, having books that lay things out in such a, in, in, on these topics that let's face it, not many people want to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that
1: when I'm on Facebook and I post whatever I post, the posts that get the least amount of, of engagement are the ones where I talk about self-love.
0: Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. It's like the wall goes up. Oh, yeah. The, of course I love myself. What do you mean? What, what, what is self-love? It's, it's, you know, it's,
1: it's something I didn't know. I didn't know. My mother told me years ago, until you love yourself, someone else can't love you. And I never understood what that meant. It took me a long time and some studying to learn that. Until it took me you some love studying.
0: Yourself, someone else can't love you. Yeah. Wow. For everybody looking for love in other people's faces. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big lesson.
1: It is a big lesson, and it was one that, um, I, like I said, I didn't understand it. didn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. until I finally felt it. I had it's to feel it. I had to feel it, yeah. And it all started for me, if you're a perfectionist, you <laughs> <laughs> tend to beat yourself up a lot, right. and, you know, that thing, The first step for me was every time I'd make a mistake, I would, instead of going into the, I'm an idiot, I'm a moron, blah, 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 blah. I decided, you know what? I'm going to stop that. And I'm just going to start using, oops, I made a mistake.
0: There you go. Something neutral.
1: That's it. So my super highway, my neuron super highway was right to you're an idiot. You're a moron. You're a blah, blah, blah. So I had to start myself a little country, country path, (laughs) of, oops, I made a mistake. And I would, you know, find myself getting on that super highway every once in a while and then, oh, no, no, I need to veer off. I have to recorrect and recorrect until the point that now that's my first reaction. Oops, I made a mistake. A change of words and sticking with it was huge for me and my self-concept. Mm-hmm. It was, it was just, it was the pivotal thing that really stopped me from beating myself up and and realizing, Ooh, that kind of feels good.
0: I think I'll do a little more of that. (laughs) That's lovely. Yeah. And so we're going to do something fun with this for just a second. Sure. Here we go. People, your brain heard what Patty said if you can type what she said into the chat box, you get a gift. This is the game of the day. And the reason I say that is because I have a theory about things that are simple Mm -hmm. and our brain's ability to screen them out. Yeah. So I'm waiting, (laughs) I don't see anything. And I know people are listening. Yeah. But it is so elegantly simple. Mm-hmm. that my first response was, they're not going to remember that one. So we'll to yep. have you say it again. Which part
1: would you like me to say again? Just the
0: last sentence.
1: Oops, I made a mistake.
0: And the explanation of that was that changing the words. Yeah, changing. sticking yep. with them. Mm-hmm. That's the piece. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so because the chat all of a sudden got silent, my daughter who's doing tech support is like, you might have to ask them raise their hands. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, the chat's still working. Sean figured it out. Oops, it's, I made a mistake. Yay. Yeah. It's just this idea that if it's simple, our yeah. brain will discount it as being functional, being valuable. Yeah we've got some really complicated definitions in our head about what makes something valuable. Right.
1: Which is why I think that people will, and this is a lesson I learned in the last few months was people will keep grasping at content and try to fix the problem by grasping at content. I did it. I did it. I read, I don't know how many books looking for the answer and I kept looking for the answer. And the truth is I had the answer. Mm-hmm. And when I stopped looking at everybody else's content mm-hmm. and trying to find the answer and sat with myself and did some thought work, boom! Said, wow, look at that. I actually have the
0: answer. I'm going to give some uh, encouragement to everyone. You don't start out by being able to sit with yourself. So, yes. You'll find the answers inside of yourself after you've done a walk with other people's content, a walk. This was my experience, mm-hmm. a walk with a coach, a mentor, a guide, a book, a, a guided imagery, meditation. You, you have to sort of give yourself a chance to thin out that resistance to hearing the voice that you have inside of you it's my experience of it and that's why what you do is so exciting for me you know if you can continue with the mission that you all are all on together and create another way for people to start getting a thinner barrier because we've all got a barrier you call it resistance yeah that's the most common use name i guess we we all have some static in between our receivers, what we can hear of ourselves, and that small voice that sends. So since you found your inner wisdom, tell me more.
1: Well, no, I was going to say, you know, we have brains that search for evidence that we're right. So I say, like, I like to think that my, my memories are kind of like a file room and there's a clerk in there. And every time I have a thought that goes through my head, the clerk goes, hold on. And he runs to the files and he grabs all the files and says, here you go. Here's your proof that you're right. Here's your proof that you're right. Mm -hmm. So if if your thought that's going through your head over and over and over is negative, that guy in the file room, he has no opinion. He's just going to keep showing you evidence. And if your thought is positive, that guy in the file room has no opinion. He's just going to show you evidence of what's positive. But there's the theory of, oh God, I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm just going to throw it out there. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That For right. every thought, there's an equal and opposite thought. The question is, do you pay attention to it? Oh, that's lovely. Do you hear it? Mm-hmm. Are you aware enough to, to see it?
0: And the answer is most of the time, no.
1: Right. So that's what we need to work on is that awareness. Because life is 50-50, man. Half of it's going to be icky. And that's okay. It can be half of it can be icky. (laughs) But at the same time, feeling better is always available to you if that's what you want. And that thought is always there. You just have to find it.
0: So if you find yourself, someone else calls it stinking thinking, I call it the negative echo chamber. Okay. If you find yourself with a negative thought, mm-hmm. and the, how do you know it's a negative thought? Does it bring your energy down? Mm-hmm. That's sort of the simplest explanation I've come up with so far. Right. This idea that there's an equal and opposite positive thought to that mm-hmm. is a wonderful tool, just that in and of itself. Yeah. You know, because Sean chatted. You know, negative thoughts bring negative reactions, and I'm like, okay, do positive thoughts bring positive reactions? Mm-hmm. One would assume. The difference yeah. between what you're doing, and what the um, mythology, and I call it mythology because I I started my self help journey. I got self help book cases. so I'm I'm right with you there. I consume a lot of content. Yeah. Uh, and mine are all paper, I don't, I haven't gone into the digital books yet. Probably. Oh, I got some paper too. <laughs> so we, harking back to this, the challenge is that if you are trying to force yourself to think positive thoughts, think positive thoughts, put affirmations up, et cetera, without recognizing, without the awareness of the negative thought, you could be thinking positive thoughts all day that are apples, but if your negative thoughts are oranges, I have a theory for that too. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, good.
1: I like theories. Go for it. There's a bridge. Okay. There's where you are and there's your negative thought. Mm-hmm. All right. And then there's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I'll t- sometimes it's too big of a gap. So you need to create little steps, little tiny thoughts to get you here. Which is why this all the, this sort of thing takes time. We need time to learn. It's like losing weight. You don't lose weight overnight. It takes time to lose the weight. So sometimes you have to think instead of I want to lose twenty five pounds. It's I'm just going to eat a good meal right now. I'm just going to go for a walk right now. You know, and it's just being present with those mo- with those little thoughts and just kind of create those little ladder thoughts. Again, that gets you to your bigger goal. Because sometimes if you're trying to do the positive affirmations, you can't believe sayings.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not believable to the brain. And that's right. why we started with the negative. And that's what I liked about the, what you just said with the bridge. Mm-hmm. You start with where you are. Yes. If where you are is with a negative thought, start there. Don't ignore it. Be grateful for the awareness of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Because pushing it back just suppresses it. And the next thing you know, you're in the freezer eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream. (laughs) I'm wondering why you gained that 25 pounds.
0: Ah, you know, there's always that. (laughs) Or whatever your choice is. So what's the most exciting thing that's happened to you recently as you are on this journey? Could be related or not. Well, I'm here with you. Well, thank you very much.
1: I mean, you know, what more could I want? (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I have met some amazing people. Yeah. I I have met some amazing people and um, I have friends over in Australia. I've, I've just, I've met so many people, which Mm -hmm. I was for a, for a woman who spent six years isolating herself to the point that she was afraid to be around anybody, to, to take a trip to Belize by herself with 25 people she didn't know and spend time with families that she had been avoiding. You're talking about yourself here? Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> in the third person. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that was a huge thing for me is, is going to Belize uh, with those 25 people that I didn't
0: know. So and what took you to one, geographically speaking, I'm not, I'm going Belize, Belize. I should know where this is. I'm South America. South America, see, I was on the wrong continent. I was even in the wrong hemisphere. Okay. okay. So Belize. <laughs> all right. So what, um, all right. I, I got to meet this travel agent. What did, what was the message that got you to go to Belize with 25 people who were not your friends yet? You didn't know.
1: Well, we're going to talk about ladder thoughts again. And because I had been isolated for so long and I wanted to start creating connections, mm. I decided the way to do that for me was to take some little classes and courses and just do something that I enjoyed and try to meet people that way mm-hmm. and if i didn't meet anybody at least i was in a class that i enjoyed and i took a class uh, about chocolate Ooh. and the woman who gave the class makes bean to bar chocolate and they were taking a trip to belize and it was a come join us trip ah. so i did it so i did it and i was petrified because I knew there would be families there and I had been avoiding families like the plague. Mm. And it turned out to be the best experience I could have had. I was stuck in the jungle and I mean, and we had such a great time, but I, I created connections and I got to tell my story over and again, which you need to do when you're grieving. You have to tell your story. You have to, it's part of the healing.
0: Not all cultures get that. Mm. Um, my guy is Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so in Judaism, you spend a week doing nothing yeah, except telling the story. Yeah. And when I was first introduced to this concept, a lady was grieving her partner. Mm-hmm. And she said, it's okay if you ask me. I have to tell the story 75 times. Yeah. And I was like wow, there's a system, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not from that world. I come from a world of, if it's uncomfortable, you don't talk about it. And there's not much more uncomfortable than grief.
1: Yeah. Well, with PT, with post-traumatic stress, mm-hmm. the I'm gonna explain it the way it's explained to me. There's basically like a USB cable that attaches the right and the left side of the brain. Okay. So where you have, where memories are formed, Versus where they're stored. Okay. And the traumatic experience damages that USB cable. So that experience floats around in your brain. And that's where you have flashbacks or you have lucid dreams or you just, you, you can't stop thinking about it because it really hasn't been filed yet. Got it. And telling the story over and over and over is what heals that USB cable and allows that experience to become a memory.
0: So I'm gonna just create a distinction so that we don't get too much flack. Okay. We're talking about grief. Yes. Okay, and so we're not talking about this being a good idea if you are suffering from PTSD. No, it's post-traumatic stress, not disorder. Okay, and so you were clear, and I just wanted to make it super clear that what we're talking about is the observable phenomenon that we all have. I call it PTA, post-traumatic anything. That way I don't accidentally add a D on the end of it. um, Or or people hear it with the D whether you say it or not. Um, And and it's really a challenge in the education world. So I had to come up with some way to do it because I got a lot of pushback from my daughter who has the post-traumatic stress disorders, the diagnosis. And so I needed to find a way to communicate it clearly because what you're describing, reconnecting this cable, understanding that there's just, the the communication didn't happen. It didn't make it into the file ring. And that's a beautiful way of giving this some concrete tangibleness to it where people connect with, oh, is that what happens with my Mm -hmm. memories? They actually get filed somewhere mm-hmm. when they're complete mm-hmm. and yeah. it's the post drama there we go I'll call it post drama stress There, <laughs> that'll keep me out of trouble okay, <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> so, so the the post drama stress the the when you have the stress that hangs around it's because it didn't get to the file cap. I love yeah. that yeah. That's well, and it's easy to understand.
1: Yeah, and it goes right along with processing emotions, mm-hmm. processing your memories, processing your drama. You, these things have to be processed and not repressed.
0: And yet yeah. we're afraid. We're afraid of the emotion. What if I get That's stuck? That's the
1: resistance.
0: In it? Yeah. They show. Okay. So resistance shows up as
1: fear. And and the interesting thing about that is we're afraid. What if we get stuck? Mm-hmm. But the truth is, by resisting, stuck, you get stuck. (laughs) If you don't resist it, you don't get stuck. Funny how that happens.
0: (laughs) Someone was telling me this in terms of, I have a background in human resources. And Mm -hmm. so someone was telling me this in terms of handling employees and independent contractors. She called it the 10-10-10 rule. We're afraid of being uncomfortable for 10 minutes. So we won't deal with a behavior that's challenging from an employee or a contractor. And then we're having to be uncomfortable for 10 months or 10 years. And it sounds that this applies that if if we would be willing to feel the uncomfortableness Mm -hmm. and let's face it, if we have any doubts about this, this is when you want to work with a coach. You don't want to mm-hmm. do this alone if you're concerned about it. Just have somebody walk with you. Having somebody walk step by step with me is the only reason that I do what I do now. It's the only reason I ever built a successful business is mm-hmm. because I had a business coach. I had a speaking. Co- I, mean, I had. If, if there's a different aspect of my life, I have had a coach in that arena yeah. for the last I don't know, at least the last six years when I finally got it, that this was not a walk I was going to do by myself. Right. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. And so the walk that you're taking people on, mm-hmm. this walk from loss back to living. Mm-hmm especially where you are taking this new group that you have just formed and had one meeting of. I do love synchronicity that you all had your first (laughs) meeting before the show, we can talk about it. Yes. Yeah. So this idea of coming into the space of helping parents become more skillful so that they can have the conversations. You know, we are in such alignment. We won't figure out a way to play together. I mean, the Teen Suicide Prevention Society is a, a big organization, is the intention. Mm-hmm. It's an umbrella. So it's going to have a lot of different programs under it. And you know, talk about new. You, know, you guys have had one meeting. I'm still waiting on the ink from the IRS on the 501c3. The nonprofits there, I, I can call it a nonprofit in process. Yeah. I'm still go. waiting to get rid of that in process part. Yeah. But, when yeah. I get rid of the in-process part and you guys get a, a little more of a plan, we'll have another conversation. Sure. Matter of fact, we'll just get back together on another show. How's that? That's perfectly fine. That's I perfectly love fine. having public conversations. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I have, I have a couple other things to share with you. Um, one of them has been something that I've been playing with for the last which is
0: just an acronym for HELP. Okay. I'm interested. I love acronyms. What's an acronym for help? Humans elevated by love and presence. Ooh. Humans. Well, that probably describes most of the people on this call. Humans, Humans elevated. elevated by wow. love and presence. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Cool. All right. So anyone who is not a human, I hope you come from a planet where H applies so that this will still work. Absolutely. (laughs) Humans elevated. I'm, I'm, my brain just, oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So humans elevated by love and presence. Mm -hmm. What does elevated look like? And I'm gonna let you think about it for just a second. I'm gonna put it into the attendees. What does elevated look like for you all? What would elevated change in your life? Or what's one observable thing that would come into your life if you were a little more elevated? Because I think we can get some help ideas here. Yeah, (laughs) and I just, this is my favorite game is you tell me what it looks like to you. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So what does it look like to you? when humans are elevated by love and presence. Patty, what does that look like? To me? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's about raising your energetic vibration. And to me, everybody is elevated when there's help. So if you ask for help, you're... here's the thing. There's nothing humans want more than to help, nine times out of 10. Don't spit. <laughs> Sorry, bad timing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm getting pretty good at this. There we go. So so nine times out of 10,
1: that's we what you want to do. They want to help other
0: people. They yeah. want to
1: help other people. So when you ask for help, you are being elevated by someone else's love and presence, but someone else is being elevated by your love and presence. You can't help somebody without it. No. Uh, at least I don't think so. So to me, it's just, it's raising everybody's vibration. And like I said a minute ago, when you tap into that self-love and that self-trust, it just radiates into your whole web. Mm-hmm. I tried an experiment one time. Oh, I walked good. into a grocery store with my shoulders back, yeah. leading with my heart, and just said, well, how is that going to feel for me? And what's that going to do for the people around me? People smiled at me, I smiled at them, they said hi, I said hi to them, and I knew I had elevated people when I walked out of that store just by walking with my shoulders back and leading with my heart. That's all I did. And I raised my vibration just by doing that. There we go. Help
0: Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. Let's go with the self-help. I like. And there's that. Yeah. (laughs) This is self-help. You ask the question, what would happen if I just changed my physical attitude? Yeah. Yeah. So many tools
1: and and tricks that, that, you know, you don't have to get in remembering so much. And that's what I found when I kept grasping at content is
0: I just felt like I couldn't remember all the things. And it gets complicated and it got, a little confusing and then i realized that i was apparently choosing coaches who were teaching like multiple things instead of one thing mm-hmm. and so confusion was inherent mm-hmm. in the learning right and when i recognized that i realized it was time for me to stop consuming content and to uh, give myself some space and actually that's when i started writing Hmm. Yeah, so I get that this is such an important point. There's a difference between consuming content and receiving guidance. Yes. Okay, so I want to yes. tease those two apart because I didn't give up having a coach, a mentor, or a guide mm-hmm. when I stopped consuming so much content. Now I read other people's content to inspire me to write more.
1: Yes. Yes. Not because I have a gap
0: that I need filled, which is what I was doing before.
1: Yeah. And to look at what's possible in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very easy to get what someone else is doing and thinking, oh, they're better than me or or whatever. And you spiral right down. Mm -hmm. But if you can look at someone who's ahead of you on the journey and just think that's what's possible for me
0: to imagine the possibilities, to see the human potential yeah and you know the the classic example is that no one could run a mile. It was humanly impossible to run a mile in under four minutes until someone did mm-hmm yeah, yeah. And, and until nice. someone did. So yeah. you have made it possible for people to believe um, in their own ability to raise their vibration because mm-hmm. they're human so yeah. humans have this power humans yes. elevating that is just so lovely elevated i know A humans elevated by love and presence and that's why i have it in writing and katie is so good at getting my notes <laughs> yeah perfect uh, for anyone who thinks that i'm so smart and i get this done i know i have help in the background um so we all need help don't we we all need help. And I had not ever imagined that there would be such a perfect acronym for that. So that's thank you for sharing that. All right, what do you wish I had asked you? Oh, gosh,
1: I don't know. I can't think of anything I wish you had asked me. But I will share one of you. Tomorrow is would have been my son's 29th birthday. So coming on with you today was a no-brainer for me. And I know we talked about that, but thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Patty. Yeah. It's more welcome thing for you to say it to me when we were planning the show. It's mm-hmm. another for you to be willing to share it with everyone. Yeah. And I do appreciate your willingness to share and Absolutely. the journey that you are on, that you are sharing with everyone. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you very much. <laughs> so we'll send a little help with a heart.
1: Yeah, I like that. The heart. Helping heart
0: <laughs> in this virtual world. Yeah, we'll just send a little helping heart. A love. little hug. A little hug. <laughs> Hugs and hearts. And it all helps, Patty. Thank you so much for helping make this day a great day. Thank you, Jackie. I appreciate your time.